Into the wild I'll go and into the wild I am It's been a while, freedom child Since I left my roots back home Into the wild I'll go Into the wild I am It's been a while, freedom child Since I left my roots back home Welcome to the Free Birth Society podcast. This is a radical space for women who are ready to celebrate their autonomous choices in birth, motherhood, and beyond. Together, we'll learn about wild birth through personal narrative, we'll explore the politics of birth, and we'll analyze everything that relates to our lives as women from a feminist perspective. Here's your host, Emily Saldana. It's been a wild freedom Today on the show, we have a beautiful story of an intuitive mother named Omni finding her way into sovereignty. She shares the emotional and oh-so-sweet story of the free birth of her second child, the free birth that changed her and her family's life. Mothering journey, I would say, probably started about 11-ish years ago now when my um, older sister uh, was pregnant with her first daughter. And prior to that, so I was about 14, 13, Mm. 14 at the time. Um, Prior to that, I had always known I wanted to be a mother because I'm the youngest um, in my family and I craved a younger sibling or something and never, you know, never had it. But, um, I always knew I adore my mother and she's an amazing mother. And I always knew I want to be a really great mother like her, but hadn't, you know, given it a whole lot of thought until my older sister was pregnant. And she, she was young at the time. She was only uh, 18. So, it was at that time to me, it was like, oh no, this is kind of a bad thing. But um, Mm. as her pregnancy went on and then it came to her birth, I was just so invested and so intrigued. I remember my mom and her sitting at the kitchen table talking about her losing her mucus plug and Mm. my mom telling her, I can see you're uncomfortable. I feel like your baby's going to come soon. And my mom has always been a very um, intuitive mother. She always knows when something's off with one of us kids. That's cute. Like, yeah, down to knowing my brother, like when he's broken a finger and like knowing which finger before even seeing him, <laughs> things like that. Yeah. So she was really connected and has always been connected and intuitive about my sister. So I always was watching her and listening to their conversations. And then when it came to my sister's birth, my uh, best friend and I at the time, we're sta- uh, standing outside of the delivery room um, and listening as they're 
counting while she's pushing and holding up fingers to my mom down in the waiting room mm-hmm. to like let them know what was happening. And then we would run away because we didn't want to get in trouble by the nurses. <laughs> <laughs> so I was very into that. And then after my niece was born and there, before we went into the room and they're wheeling out her placenta, I say to the nurse, is that her placenta? Can I see it? <laughs> and <laughs> my my mom and my grandma were just flabbergasted. They looked at me like, why? Why would you want to see that? But I just found it interesting. I didn't think it was gross. And, you know, yeah. So they showed it to me. I thought that was amazing. And um, that was the first, you know, fresh newborn baby in my life. And mm-hmm. I adore my niece to this day. So um yeah, that was my first time getting really curious about birth. Um, so then I would fast forward to about uh, about three years ago now before I was pregnant with my firstborn. Um, and I was in a relationship prior to uh, my partner now and the father of my kids. And I had baby fever, but knew, like, I just knew it wasn't going to be with Mm-hmm. that boyfriend of the time, you know? Um, but for whatever reason, because I had baby fever, somehow I got into birth stories and birth vlogs on YouTube and was just obsessed with them. <laughs> so uh, anytime I saw a baby, I just... And, and and looking back now, I feel like this had to have been like my my son's spirit, you know, yearning for me and calling to me, you know, Mm. like, think about this. And so, (laughs) yeah, looking back, that's how it feels is, you know, I was preparing for him. And so I started getting into birth stories and um, that was before I was even in the relationship with his father. But um, once I was, uh, once we were together and we were dating, uh, it was really, really soon into our relationship that um, I became pregnant. But we had known each other for like ten years since middle school. So he's a, oh my he's God. a really good friend. That's yeah, he was a really so good cute. friend. And I always, um, always in my mind, like I knew back when we were in high school, I was like, I just love this boy. Mm. And we ne- we never dated or anything in high school. We were just close friends. He w- he was actually the first boy to give me flowers. <laughs> uh, yeah, his mom. <laughs> so cute. Yeah. So you his, both, uh, did you, you, you both live in your same hometown then? Does that imply yeah. that? Okay. Yeah. So he had, um, he had lived in Oregon and Idaho throughout his childhood. But then in middle school was when we started going to the same school. And then when we were freshmen is when we became really close friends. And it was actually my um, 16th birthday, our sophomore year, um, that we were just really close friends. Um, and he asked his mom if she could take us out of school on my birthday to take us to lunch and got, bought me flowers. So yeah. And we weren't dating or anything. It was just, he was just that kind of person. So mm-hmm. yeah, that was really sweet. And so since then I was just obsessed with him, but we fell out of touch and then you know, later out of high school, got back in touch. And then, um, yeah, we started dating around uh, in January. Um, And it was only about three months into our relationship when um, I became pregnant, uh, which was, 
Yeah, which was, uh, it was funny because my sister, um, my sister actually was taking a pregnancy test and I took one in solidarity with her. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. But I was, I wasn't pregnant that time. Um, and, but then a month later, same thing. She was thinking about taking a pregnancy test. And the week before I took mine, um, I remember I, we were, we were staying with her, um, at that time. And I remember I, my, I was bloated and I don't usually bloat like for my cycle. And it wasn't, it was like a week before, um, you know, my cycle is due. And I remember showing my sister, look how bloated I am. I kind of looked pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Because yeah, I was very small before I had my son. So it was any amount of bloat was just like a huge little, like tiny belly. But um, yeah, so it was about a week after that, that I, I, I don't think my period was late or anything, but I still had another pregnancy test. And um, the first time I had taken one, I took it with my partner in the bathroom with me. So we both watched it as it became negative. But this time I was, I didn't think I was pregnant. I was kind of just taking it just to see just in case. And um, so I took it in the bathroom very casually. And as I stood up to pee, I mean, to, to wash my hands after I beat, I looked down at it and it was positive and I was just shocked. Wow. So I called out to him. He was, um, he was in our bedroom and I called out to him to come there. And I was really nervous at first, but he has also always wanted to have kids. He's the oldest of, um, four boys. And then he's the second oldest of seven or eight children total for his step siblings. So he's always been very, um, caring. And, uh, I was really nervous to be happy Mm. because I, I, you know, people, you know, everyone's like, oh, you're so soon in a relationship and it's a negative thing, whatever, you know, society says Mm -hmm. so, but he was immediately just happy and supportive and positive. So it was like a few moments of shock and fear and then immediately oh my gosh how exciting (laughs) so um yeah so we go into that pregnancy just kind of excited and um a little nervous because we now needed to figure out um everything (laughs) everything (laughs) Uh, yeah exactly (laughs) um so I I didn't start uh, any kind of prenatal care right away. I, I'm pretty sure my first appointment wasn't until 12 weeks um, because I had been doing so much, you know, research, not intentionally, unintentional research, um, just interest in birth stories. And so I already knew that um, free birth was an option at that time because I just, I had read... I read, uh, you actually interviewed her, Wild Heart Mama on Instagram. I think her name is Christy. Mm-hmm. I read her free birth story of her um, her daughter. I don't know. I have no idea how I happened across it. Um, I, didn't, I didn't follow free birth society at the time or anything. I think I just was into birth stories and had been looking up the hashtag and saw hers. So um, as soon as I was pregnant, I already knew free birth was an option. I kind of toyed with the idea and suggested it to 
my partner a few times. Um, but I, I didn't, I didn't really have any hope that that's what we were going to do because I, it's, it's from, from my experiences with my sister. Um, cause in between then and when I was 14, she had my nephew as well. You know, hospital birth was just the way to do it. My yeah. mom had all hospital births. Um, my oldest brother was an emergency C-section. So I, I have heard her stories of her trauma as far as his C-section, my sister having the cord wrapped around her neck and, you know, et cetera. So um, I, I knew that if I were to say that I was going to do a free birth, I, I don't think I would have had the support hmm. that I felt I needed at that time with mm-hmm. everything we had to figure out. I The last thing I needed was people telling me I couldn't do it my way. So I, I didn't really tell anyone that I even wanted that, um, except for my partner, but I didn't really express to him how, how much I wanted that. So my, my next step was, okay, well, I can do a home birth. Um, but again, this wasn't a planned pregnancy. So, um, when, when I, did look into a midwife and uh, visited a birthing center and found out, you know, the out-of-pocket cost. I just, I just told myself, you know, there's no way we can do that with having to um, get our own place and all of that. So, I just, I just let that dream go as well, yeah. <laughs> and started, yeah. And so I started prenatal care um, at about 12 weeks, and I, I've never been a huge fan of doctors um mostly because my dad isn't my dad is the kind of person who if he needs stitches he's gonna bandage his arm himself (laughs) and not go you know (laughs) yeah so I mean and he's actually he's had a lot of serious like neck and back surgeries but those are the only reasons he's like ever gone to the doctor if he's ever sick he he's he won't go he doesn't want to take medicine or anything so I kind of got that from him um, and then at the time I was really into eating like plant-based and so, um, I even more so then had done research and was like, no, 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 I don't like the pharmaceutical industry and blah, blah, blah. But for some reason, when it came to pregnancy, it was just like telling myself the same story that society tells us that, well, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, I need mm-hmm. someone to tell me how to do this. So I, I went into it knowing, you know, I want as little intervention from them as I can, but I'm also going to listen to them to a point because I don't know what I'm doing is mm-hmm. what I was telling myself. So um, I just got the midwife my uh, sister had, I mean, not midwife, um, Obi, my sister had with uh, my nephew. And, uh, you know, I didn't, we didn't have really like a relationship throughout the prenatal care. It was, you know, see her for a few minutes and her tell me everything looks great and leave. So I, yeah, I just went through that pregnancy kind of following their lead and getting, you know, the vaccine they suggested and all of that just out of pure ignorance, not knowing there was another way. Um, so when it came to his birth, I did know I wanted natural in hospital. I didn't want the epidural. I didn't want an IV. I didn't want anything. So his birth was 
I, this is what I always say is that it was as good as a hospital birth can be, but you know, not, not perfect. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, and, and again, a lot of things went really well, like surprisingly well. So when, uh, it came to his birth, um, I was 39 weeks and I think two days and I had my prenatal appointment that week and she, you know, checked me to see how dilated I was. It was maybe like a one or one and a half, she said. And she, I, I had no prior um, knowledge of what a stretch or what a membrane sweep was. Mm, mm-hmm. But as she's checking me, she says, you're a one and a half, but I could stretch you to a two. It could put you into labor. And at that point, we, ha- we had moved into our apartment literally two days before that. <laughs> and so I, I was like, you know, why not? I still have unpacking to do, but why not? I, I feel comfortable now that I'm, we're in our apartment. So I told her, sure. And that was so painful. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't recommend. I've had an IUD inserted. And so I compare it to similar pain as that. It's just very invasive and does not feel comfortable. So... Hmm. Yeah. So I had some, I, I was with my mom at the time. My parents, um, they, at the time they didn't want me to go to my appointments alone and my partner was working and wasn't able to go with me. So my mom went with me to the appointment and I had some spotting and cramping that day, but, um, it, it petered out and went away. But then the next morning, my, um, my older sister and my grandma came over to help me unpack. So we were just trying to get my house together to prepare for the baby. And I was sitting on um, the floor of my bedroom while my grandma was helping me fold our clothes to put away. And um, I felt, you know, like maybe I was spotting. So I went to the bathroom and there was nothing. And so I just put on a panty liner and went back and my grandma's trying to ask me, how do you want your jeans folded? And I felt like a gush of water. And so I was like, um, uh, and she was just looking at me like, is it a hard question? <laughs> and I was like, um, I think my water just broke. <laughs> and she was, oh, <laughs> so, uh, so my sister and grandma are, you know, telling me, oh, well, now we have to, you know, get you ready to go to the hospital. And I really didn't, I didn't want to go. I yeah. was not in a rush. Um, you know, I called my, uh, my partner and let him know he's super excited and rushing home from work. And I just wanted to do dishes and <laughs> continue unpacking. And I didn't want to go right away because I knew at that point I knew the sooner I get to the hospital isn't the sooner I birth my baby. It's the longer I'm at the hospital. I don't yeah, want to exactly. go. <laughs> so, but, but he was really excited when he got home. So he, he was telling me, you can leave this, you can leave this. You don't need to, you don't need to run the dishwasher. Um, they can do these things for us. We just need to go. And I was like, fine. So I, I let him, you know, uh, rush me out the door and, we go to the hospital and we were in triage for no kidding, like two hours because they needed to test my water. They Mm. didn't believe me. Yeah. So 
I'm sitting there, you know, on the little, on the pad while she comes in every so often to try to collect the water. And I kept telling her, if you wait like two seconds, some more will gush out and we'll know it's my water. But she needed to get it on a slide to test it. And um, she had to do it like three times for some reason. Yeah, so that birth was actually pretty fast after that point. Um, It didn't start with the contractions, but um, from the moment my water broke to when he was born in the hospital was only eight and a half hours. So I know for your first, yeah, that's pretty fast for your first. And um, it was as soon as I got into the labor room and bounced on a ball, it was like full-blown labor um, and the reason, wow. yeah, the reason I feel like it went so well for hospital birth is that um, I didn't want an IV. They didn't even second guess me. Um, they didn't tell me I couldn't eat, so I actually was in the bath and ordered food and ate food <laughs> while I was in the bath laboring. Um, so yeah, he was uh, he was born pretty fast. I had a lot of. So you mean you had like reasonable treatment where you weren't infantilized and abused at every corner. That's that's really, really good. And, and honestly, I think, I think they were just busy. They had, they they didn't stay very long when they were checking on me. I think they had um, other women laboring. So I think they were just busy that they were like, well, she's low risk, you know, and um, she has a lot of support because I had my Mm -hmm. two sisters, my mom, my mother-in-law, and then my partner, and our close friend um, who was taking pictures. So it was a full room. Uh, right. So they just kind of left you alone. Yeah. That's awesome. So, um, and at the time, I just really had to tune everyone out to to do it. You know, I, I had my eyes closed most of the time. And, you know, everyone's telling me when to push. And yeah, so that experience was as good as it could have been. Uh, the postpartum I didn't love. And so I think it was the postpartum experience that really pushed me to know that I did not want to be there for the next time. Um, Mm -hmm. My, you know, we were really pressured about giving our son the eye ointment and things that we didn't want. And yeah, so I just did not enjoy the experience um, postpartum in the hospital. I was uncomfortable. They didn't didn't yeah. trust our choices um and it was it felt like the moment we were transferred from labor and delivery to postpartum that they just didn't really care about us is how it felt <laughs> so mm. yeah so and, you know and, and that and then they i wanted i really wanted the cord cutting delayed and you know how when you've just given birth you're not really aware of time so she she went to clamp it and cut it. And I told her we wanted to wait. And she said, well, it's stopped pulsing. It's totally fine to do it now. And I mm-hmm. wasn't in a mindset or position to say no. So I was like, oh, okay. Um, and they whisked away my placenta, which I think is insane that they don't even, they didn't even ask if I wanted to see it. <laughs> um, but my sister who I had asked to see hers knew I would want to see it. So she snapped a picture right before they took it. Um, mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I was pregnant with my second that I had looked back at the photo and the time my son was born and the time that photo was taken was four minutes. <laughs> so she really didn't, wow. she didn't really wait. <laughs> yeah, of course. And, well, for them, waiting is 30 seconds. Yeah. I mean, 
30 seconds is way past what what they're taught to do, you know? So yeah, anything beyond 30 seconds, I mean, really from their perspective is is actually waiting considering they've been taught to cut and clamp immediately, yeah. you know? Yeah. So yeah, it wasn't until I looked back and I was kind of thinking about my experience when I became pregnant with my second that I was like, wait, I thought she waited a while. No, she she really didn't. So yeah. So um, fast forward to uh, becoming pregnant with my second, we knew we wanted to have how 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 much time had passed. Um, so we knew we wanted our boys close together, um, and so my firstborn was ten months when I became pregnant. What was funny though was I had gotten the. Uh, the copper IUD because I didn't like hormonal birth controls. I had bad experiences with them. Um, and my OB told me, don't believe like what the negative things women say about this IUD online, which I wish I had <laughs> because I had a horrible experience. Don't believe what women say. Right? I, yeah, that's crazy. Believe back. what I say. <laughs> yeah. Oh, geez. So, yeah. Um, so I got it. Uh, because she suggested it. And then I just had horrible cramps and pain during sex and bleeding. So um, we we had originally wanted to wait until my son was a year old to try. But I got the IUD out when he was around 10 months old because I would just, the negative side effects. And um, we weren't intending to try right then. You know, we were still planning on waiting or debating if we wanted to wait longer. But <laughs> um, it turned out that the day that I got it out was the day I was ovulating. <laughs> so I immediately hmm. became pregnant. Um, and <laughs> and I knew, I knew about two weeks later because the same thing with my firstborn that I had bloating and it was a weird time of the month for me to have bloating. And so I, I started to know and I told my fiance, I think I'm probably pregnant, but I waited another week and then took a test. And mm. yeah, so that was right around Christmas or Thanksgiving in between Thanksgiving and Christmas um, of last year. So uh, right away I knew with him, I needed, I needed to have a home birth. Uh, and so I started to look into midwives and it actually wasn't until I want to say like a month or two into it that I was, um, thinking, well, maybe I don't want just a home birth. Maybe I want a free birth, but I kind of kept it to myself. I, I, I said it a couple times, you know, just like casually to my fiance, um, like planting the seed, but not not actually trying to say this is what I'm deciding. So we had chosen to go with a midwife and a birth center and we're going to do um, a home birth. So started prenatal care with them. Um, and it was okay. I didn't feel per- particularly connected to them. Uh, it was just kind of, you know, this is what you do, Right. But it was, yeah. yeah. So it was during that pregnancy that I actually started listening to your podcast and I became obsessed. I literally listened to every (laughs) available episode. Um, And so finally, when I was about, I want to say 20, 20 weeks and I was about to have the anatomy scan because I had, I knew, I heard you talk about it and I heard other women talk about it on your podcast, but I hadn't. Mm-hmm. I hadn't done research at the time to know why I might not want a scan. Um, 
I, I wanted to know because I really, I was hoping for a girl because we only want two kids. But so I wanted to know. I didn't, I didn't want to wait and be disappointed, even though I know I wouldn't have been disappointed. But so I wanted to know. And so we had the anatomy scan and it was at that appointment that I really did not want to continue care with them. So we, we, it was, it was after everything started with COVID. So they the way that they take in, you know, women to see them was a little bit different. You know, you have to wear a mask and wait and whatever. Mm. So, um, so I went into the scan and then I was supposed to have my prenatal appointment after. And somehow they forgot that we were there for the prenatal appointment. So we had the scan, found out we were having another boy and we're sitting and waiting for a really long time, like close to a half hour. And we could hear them like just talking and casually because they weren't seeing anyone else before. Like, I think they forgot we're here. (laughs) So um, after that appointment, I was really just not wanting to go back. And I yeah. Yeah. Like for what to be forgotten about <laughs> yeah. and like mediocre, mediocrely treated. Yeah. And, yeah. And at that, at that point, I felt like I had gotten all I wanted from them. You know, I found out that everything is perfect with my baby. I wasn't afraid, but you know, I, I had the proof, you know, everything is perfect mm-hmm. and I'm low risk and he's totally fine. So, um, I, that was the end that I... Even though I feel like I, I, ha- I have to do the PSA <laughs> annoying announcement here that like an ultrasound scan is not proof that everything's okay. Yeah. And I know you know that. You know, yeah. it's like a total illusion, this concept of a peace of mind. Like nobody can give anybody peace of mind Absolutely. about the inside of their body, you know? So I totally get it though. I mean, obviously that's, that's why yeah. most women get ultrasounds. But yeah, but as far as like a midwife or, um, you know, an OB is concerned, you know, everything looks good. You're doing great. Mm-hmm. Like I don't need anyone to tell me that, but thank you. <laughs> um, so for, for me, um, since I was really, really, coming around to that I I want a free birth and we only want two kids. So this Mm. is my only opportunity to birth the way I want to, the way that I wanted to before I even had my firstborn. And Mm -hmm. so I was really coming to terms with that and how much I was longing for that experience and that I was going to let other people tell me I couldn't have it. Why? So, um, so I, I brought it back up to my partner and um, because initially when, you know, I had casually brought it up, he had said, you know, I think that if, if we did ever have, um, more than two kids, it would be better, you know, to have a midwife at, um, present for a home birth. So we feel a little more confident, but as I had done more, more research, I knew, uh, best case scenario, the midwife does nothing. So what do we need them for? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I started to talk to him about that, that, um, like, listen, I've been doing my research. I know there are things that could go quote unquote wrong. I don't really think, you know, anything goes wrong. It happens how it's supposed to. But um, in, in any emergencies, we are so close to a hospital, like by ambulance, like four minutes that I feel comfortable doing it at home with just us. And... I think this really brings up, you know, the larger conversation around 
how do we see midwives and doctors, you know, and their role in the birth? And if, if obviously we don't, we're not in this camp, the one, the first one I'm about to explain, but like if we see doctors and midwives as needed, then Mm -hmm. that implies that the woman and baby need to be saved or could need to be saved. Whereas I would say doctors and midwives are wanted, not needed. Yeah. Right? Like if you want a midwife, then have a midwife. Yeah. If you want a doctor, have a doctor. But if you don't want a midwife and you think you need one, there's the rub, mm-hmm. right? Which is, sounds like what is what you were really starting to untangle. Yeah, absolutely. And I was, um, I've always just been very, like, a, I would say like a good girl, you know, I, I always mm-hmm. wanted to please authority growing up as far as if it was teachers or my parents or whatever. I didn't, I didn't ever want to have a bad relationship with authority figures. And I was viewing the midwives as an authority and I was still in a way viewing um, the women in my life as kind of authorities as far as birth because they've birthed more babies than I had. And so I was really nervous. I didn't want anyone to know that we were considering a free birth or that we were planning a free birth. So when I told my partner that I this is really what I want to do, I want to call the midwife today and I want to tell them that I'm discontinuing care. And he told me, okay, I trust you. And that was all I needed and called them that same day at about 22 weeks. And I didn't give them any reason. I just told them personal reasons. I'm discontinuing my care. They didn't question it. So um, from that point on, I was having a wild pregnancy, thank God. (laughs) And um, we, Hmm. yeah, we didn't, we didn't tell anyone except um, a few weeks later, I think I told just some close friends of mine who I knew would be very supportive. Just, um, you know, my, my sister, my soul sisters, I would say, and they were extremely supportive and excited for us. And, um, Mm. they were the only ones who knew. And then, and then I, how far into your pregnancy were you when you committed to this? I was, I I was around exactly 22 weeks. So it was okay. right. It was right after I had the anatomy scan. I want to say like a week after I had it, and I was like, "No, I'm done." And so I canceled care, and we decided that day. And um, you know, I told him if I feel like anything goes, you know, it, it scares me. I need a doctor for anything. I will, but otherwise, we're just going to have our baby at home, and it's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I, I want as if we even <laughs> sorry, as if we even need to say that first part. Yeah. Like obviously <laughs> we're gonna get help if we need help. Like yeah. obviously. So yeah. But that's awesome. I'm really glad he came around and that you were able to tell a couple of your dear friends and yeah. and gosh, I bet you just enjoyed the rest of your pregnancy. Oh, so much. I so did. But every time <laughs> every time after that that, you know, my mother in law or my mom would ask mm. me, like do you have an appointment coming up? I would be like, um, I don't know, soon. You know, I would just try to change the subject. I didn't, I wasn't ready to tell anyone. Um, so yeah, we just, it was, it was blissful at that point. Um, not having to do any more tests, not having to go to these dumb appointments and just being able to just do life normally. And, um, Mm -hmm. I, I stay, I, uh, am a stay at home mom. So just staying home with my son and just living, (laughs) and being pregnant and it was so normal and it was so nice. So, um, 
I think it was, I was in the 30s, 30-ish weeks when I started to talk to him about maybe wanting someone else there. And we have uh, our friend, uh, Celia, who we are both really close to. She's a dear friend of ours. Um, She was one of the friends that I had told. And I was thinking, I think I might want her there, if anyone, because her energy and everything, she's, she hadn't, she's never had any kids. Um, She actually was really early in her pregnancy um, at that time. And I was thinking it would be so nice for her to witness a birth out of system. And it would be so nice to have someone there who has no prior birth trauma. Uh So, so I talked to my fiance about it and we agreed. And so I just asked her, you know, would, would you like to be there to help him if he needs help with our son or anything? We don't, you know, we have no idea what will happen, but just to be an extra set of hands. And she obviously was so happy, um, to say yes. Hmm. So, and then, yeah, so it was around, I want to say around, 30 to 35 weeks that I finally told my mom that because she, you know, she was still asking about prenatal appointments and stuff. And I just, we're really close. And so it felt really weird that I had been keeping it from her. And yeah. (laughs) yeah. And so I finally, at that point was like, it doesn't matter if she brings up any fears and stuff. That's, you know, those aren't mine to deal with. So I, I finally told her and, um, I told her, you know, I feel really confident. I feel safe doing it this way. This is what I want to do. Her main, her main concerns were about what if the baby needs suctioning? And, you know, I told her that it's, it's unnecessary in most cases. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not worried about that at all. And so, yes. Also, you could do that. Yeah. With, yeah, I could do it. And yeah, that's why I told her I have, I have, um, I have the snot suckers and I have my mouth. It'll be fine. <laughs> so we were, yeah, so we were planning um, to have a water birth because I, I absolutely loved the pool with my first birth. I was actually, I hated, I hated laboring after I got out of it. I was very comfortable in the water. And once I was out on the bed, it, it hurt so much more. So I, I knew I mm. wanted to be in the water, even if he wasn't going to be born in the water. I need, I needed the option. So, yeah, so we just, we prepped everything and we're planning and just kind of waiting. And uh, based on other women's stories, I was, I was really mentally prepared to go past 40 weeks, um, especially since, you know, I, I couldn't say whether or not my first birth um, began because of the membrane sweep. I don't, I don't particularly right. believe so. You know, I, I feel like he came when he wanted to, regardless of it. But um, I, you know, there was the part of me that was like, well, maybe he came a little bit early at 39 weeks and three days just because of that. So I'm, I'm mentally prepared to go past 40 weeks. And in a way, I wanted to because my firstborn was so young. Um, he was only 19 months at the time. And I just loved you know, soaking in our one-on-one time. So mm-hmm. I was, I was prepared to wait, but, um, you know, 39 weeks and three days rolled around again. <laughs> and, um, I was up in the morning with my son, just getting him and I breakfast ready. And once again, I felt that familiar gush 
and I was like, I was, I was so, fun. I thought it was so funny and I was so, I didn't want to believe it because I knew what date, what gestational date it was. I knew my firstborn was born that same gestational date. And so I was like, no way, there's no way. But, um, so I waited a little while and it just kept coming. And so I let my fiance and, um, our friends, Leah and my mom know that my water broke and, Statistically speaking, based on my first birth, um, it could go faster than, you know, eight and a half hours. So I was, I was really, that was the one thing that I I hadn't really mentally prepared for was a longer labor. I was really of the mind that, oh, everyone says your second is shorter. So this is going to happen. This is going to happen so fast. And that was not, (laughs) that was not the case at all. It wasn't, it wasn't terribly long, but it was much longer than the first. So my waters were leaking. Yeah. My waters were leaking all day. Like it, it it began at like 745 and I was thinking, oh, he'll be here by like 4 PM. (laughs) You know, (laughs) this is good for me to hear. This is good for me to hear because I'll have my second, you know, at some point next year. And, uh, it's a good reminder. Yeah, yeah, definitely uh, approach it the same way as you do with your first. Just mentally prepare oh, for everything. So hard. I know, and and I even I even told my friend Celia, I was like, well, based on based on my first birth, he should be here around four o'clock. Like, who am I? Oh my god! <laughs> what? what? And, and you know, because everything else, I was like, oh no, just let it go. And that was the one thing that I had a hard time letting go of. So we, once my fiance got home, I was like, I was of the mind of like, well, I'm not feeling any um, sensations yet. I kind of want to speed things along. So, you know, we went for a walk and, you know, I had a few waves that weren't that intense and then it just stopped, like dead stopped, absolutely no sensations. And my water leaking started to slow down even. And so around... I want to say around noon, excuse me, sorry, around noon, we contacted my mom and asked her to take um, our son so we could try and kickstart labor. (laughs) I don't know what I thought I was going to do, but, (laughs) (laughs) Um, and I, and I was messaging um, my friend Brianna who uh, had had a home birth and is very um, natural minded and was asking her, well, well, just was confiding in her and asking her. And, um, she had told me to use clary sage oil, um, that helped kickstart her labor. And so my mom is very much into oils and she thankfully had that one and brought it over when she picked up my son. So I rubbed some all over myself and was expecting something to happen. And, you know, <laughs> nothing really happened. So we just spent that afternoon at home. And then when nothing was happening, we're like, okay, well, let's go get our son so he can at least go to bed bed on time and stuff. So around 7 p.m., we pick him up and take him home and just, I, I just decided, okay, well, it'll happen when it happens. And I finally started to let go. Um, so I, um, one thing though, when I, whenever I would, uh, my, my son still breastfeeds. So whenever I would nurse him, it would always give me Braxton Hicks throughout the pregnancy. So I was like, well, maybe that will put me into labor a little bit. So, um, I put him to bed and nursed him to sleep as I usually do. And it, you know, I started to have some 
actual uncomfortable waves when he was going to bed around eight or nine. Um, and then after they kind of relaxed and I was, I was just so adamant that I wanted to kickstart them because at that point, like my mom uh, and everyone knew I was in labor and I didn't want them to start, you know, pushing the idea that, oh, well, if your waters are open, you need to go to the hospital. You know, I hadn't, I hadn't checked myself. I knew there was no rush, but the idea that other people might rush me was making me rush myself. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, I wanted to handle it before they could say anything. So, um, yeah, so I took a shower. Handle it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, again, in my mindset at the time, I don't know what I thought I was going to do. <laughs> I know. It's not, it's not totally rational when you're, uh, not, when you're heading into Not it. at all. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, around like 10 o'clock, I take a shower and then I rub clay sage oil all over myself once again. And I start um, bouncing on the ball and pacing our hallway and I even went outside and walked on the sidewalk for a while. And I was at that point having some kind of regular um, waves. Uh, they were not intense by any means, but they were somewhat regular, like I want to say five to seven minutes. And so I, I was just trying to keep them going. And then it was like 11 o'clock that I was like, okay, well, I should probably try to get some sleep. And so I came to lay down in bed and between around 11 to 1 a.m., I was trying to fall asleep and every time I would start to fall asleep, I would get a contraction. <laughs> so I never got any sleep. And mm -hmm. it was finally about 1.15 in the morning that I I just couldn't lay in bed anymore. So I got up and um, I started to pace again. And then they were they were really intense. And so I was walking from our bedroom door down the hallway to where I could see the clock on the microwave. So every time I would get one, I would notice, okay, it's about two to three minutes now. Maybe, and, and which is funny because <laughs> even in my first birth, I did not want to know the timing. My sister had started to tell me, oh, they're this many minutes apart. And I was like, I don't want to know. I, have, I don't want to know. But this time for some reason, I was like, maybe because I was at home that I felt like I needed, I needed something to tell people like anchor you. Yeah, yeah I needed something something like of substance to tell people so that they would know that I know what I'm doing if that makes sense <laughs> <laughs> I was I was still I I was telling myself I wasn't worried what anyone had to say but I, I was very much acting like I was worried about what they had to say mm -hmm. so yeah. Well, just it's like crazy how many layers there are to this, right? Like you're freaking free birthing and you're still, you know, yeah. like still people pleasing in the middle of it. Yeah. And still trying to fit my birth into a box for whatever right, reason. Right, right, right. So, um, yeah. So I finally was like, all right, they're close together and they're uncomfortable. And I want, I want my partner's support at this point. So I came in and woke him up and he, um, he came out to the living room with me and I was just still pacing and telling him, you know, I don't think we need to start getting anything ready yet and blah, blah, blah. And he was just watching me and he was like, you need to call Leah and I'm going to start filling the pool. And I was like, no, no, we can wait. And he's like, no, <laughs> you're ready. <laughs> and, and I was because I couldn't, I couldn't even talk through them. I was having to stop and lean on the couch and then tell him, no, no, we have time. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. So 
Yeah. So we texted her and let her know, you should probably come over now. Um, We're going to fill the pool. And so everything from then just happened so fast. Um, And so she came over and she was such a beautiful presence to have there. She's, Mm. she is, yeah, she, she is absolutely one of my favorite people. And she, she just had a very calm presence. She was, she had, um, you know, she was excited, but she was not, she was not like a presence that made me hyper aware someone else was there. It was just another woman to share in the experience. And it, mm-hmm. it definitely was everything I needed. So um, I labored for a little while, just bouncing on the ball. And we were just, we were just acting normal, just talking to each other and excited. And I would have to pause and, you know, ask for my partner's help to, um, squeeze his hand or to, um, grab my arms so I could, um, just hold on to him. He, he really felt, he felt like the anchor for me, like as if, as if the waves were, trying to pull me like out of my body and holding on to him felt like I was, I was safe and I wasn't going to float away. If that makes sense. Hmm. Mm-hmm. It definitely <laughs> makes sense. Yeah. It's a beautiful way of putting it. Yeah. So he, he was everything, um, during that. And, um, the pool was about half full and I, um, I was gonna, I was gonna wait to get in, but I, at that point I got super nauseous and I knew I was going to throw up. And so he ran to get something for me. Um, and I just, I threw up one time and then felt much better and got in the pool. And so I labored in the pool for a little bit by myself. And then again, I, I, I needed, I needed like to have skin on skin with him and have him there to just feel like I was anchored down and I wasn't going to float away. Um, mm-hmm. And for some reason, I, I, had, I had no fear about birthing my baby. I had no fear about anything going wrong, but I was starting to get really afraid for pushing. I was afraid for the pain, even though I didn't, I didn't tear with my first or anything. I just, I started to anticipate it a little bit and I could feel, I could just, with, with my first birth, I didn't feel everything. I think I was so focused on tuning everyone out so I could just get through it and breathe through it that I wasn't really in tune with my body. But this time, uh-huh. this time I was so in tune with my body. Like I knew where he was. I knew when he like entered um, my vaginal canal, like I could just feel that. And I felt the different sensations every time. So as he was moving lower, I was really anticipating the pain of pushing. And um, yeah, so I, I just felt like I needed my partner to anchor me. And then at one point, I could feel he was he was getting really close to crowning. And I, for whatever reason, I was like, I want to get out of the pool. I want to go sit on the toilet because <laughs> if anything's going to come out, I would rather, um, <laughs> you know, uh, any poop or any pee, if it's going to come out, I'd rather have it happen on the toilet and keep the water clean. I, again, I don't know why I was worried about things like that. <laughs> um, so yeah, we went to the bathroom and uh, my partner was going to go put hot water, uh, some more hot water in the pool. And the second he walked away and I was on the toilet and 
um, another wave hit me. I just had, I made him come back immediately. I felt like I, again, like I, if I did not have him to hold on to, like, this is going to make me float away. I don't, Uh. I don't know how to explain that, but yeah, I just felt like these waves are going to squeeze me out of my body. (laughs) I mean, I, I really appreciate you saying that because for me as a birth witness, that's actually the visualization that I hold when I'm at a birth. You know, I, I, for a very long time have held this kind of, you know, walking meditation where as I enter a home, I'm anchoring to the earth mm-hmm. and to the the physical building. And I'm picturing um, that I have a cord, like an energetic tether mm-hmm. all the way down to the core of the earth. And so, and then I create a, um, a energetic tether from my heart to the mother's heart. And I'm basically this like anchor, yeah. right? That's actually the word that, I, that I've often used. And so to my mind, the way I've always framed it for myself and for my students and, and, and the birth workers that I teach is, you know, that we, we are here to be the anchors that are rooted in the earth and, and tethered to the mother so that she can float away and do her mm. work, you know, in the underworld or in the cosmos. And it doesn't matter how far away she needs to go because we have you. Yeah. We're, we're tethered to you the whole time. So I really love that you're saying that because it that's exactly how it has always felt for me energetically. Wow. That's, yeah, that's beautiful. And honestly, that is, I, I would say as a woman, that's absolutely like what we need because, you know, I did in a sense, I, I did feel like it was safe. Like once, once I had him there tethering me and anchoring me, it felt it was safe to go. But without him, and I'm it so, didn't. <laughs> yeah, I'm so just um, like, what's the right word? Like floored and, and grateful that your partner could hold that space. Yes. Yeah, he's amazing when it comes to holding space. He, um, there was, you know, unless I started a conversation during it, apart from suggesting adding water to the pool or, you know, telling Leah where something was if we needed it, you know, he would just was just a really safe and strong presence and it was perfect and he was everything that I needed him to be and without without suggesting that I needed anything if that makes mm-hmm. sense you know totally it was yeah, just of course it was easy to just tell him you know this is what I need and that that was what he did so yeah um from from the bathroom then I I just felt the need to go to our bedroom and be on the bed and so I I made it to the end of the bed and leaned over and um, wanted him to squeeze my hips, but then I I just needed to be able to collapse um, on top of something at the same time. So I had him uh, build up some pillows that I was able to collapse on. And so it was when I was laboring over the bed and over the pillows while he was behind me that uh, my body started to push. Um, And I was just... I just trusted my body and my baby fully and I was letting it do its thing. But also I wasn't um, adding to it, if that makes sense. I wasn't, oh, my body's pushing, so I'm going to add some intensity and push myself. It was, I was just anchoring, you know, myself to my partner and letting my body do its thing and just Mm kind of, you know, I didn't want, because when you're in the hospital, everyone's telling you, oh, push, 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 push. And I did not like that. I, I, I honestly, um, 
when people were telling me to push when I was in the hospital and they were telling me to breathe, I, I just made me feel like, am I doing something wrong here? Like, does it not look like mm-hmm. that's what's happening? <laughs> so oh, it's so freaking degrading. Yeah. yeah. And it got, it got to the point that I, when I was in the hospital, I asked for oxygen because I was like, well, maybe they're telling me to breathe because I'm not breathing right. At least I can, I'll take Aww. some oxygen. Yeah. So um, not having that was so nice because I didn't tell, I didn't say out loud, you know, I'm sure that they could tell something had changed um, by just watching me, but I didn't say out loud, I'm pushing, you know, because mm-hmm. I wasn't, I was allowing my body to do its thing and I was just trusting it. So um you know, I was in in our room for a little while and then I was like, okay, nope, I want the comfort of the water again. And so all I I just announced to um I announced to them, I want to go back to the pool. I'm I'm gonna need help. <laughs> I don't know why I thought I was gonna need help. I thought maybe I wouldn't make it, but um uh so I started kind of wobbling down the hallway and then I'm just saying out loud to them, no, I'm going to make it, I'm going to make it, I'm going to make it, I'm going to make it. (laughs) And so I didn't want anyone to um, grab my arm or anything to help me. And so I got to the pool and had one foot in right as another wave hit me. Um, So I sank into the water and I had my partner come in to the pool at that point too. And um, yeah, so being in the water was so nice and, um, for some reason, once I was there, I, I, and I knew my body was pushing, I was like, okay, now, now I, I want something. I, I want to check for some reason. And so I decided to um, use the finger to check how far my baby was. And he was just, you know, like half of my finger deep up there. I was so excited and so relieved that uh, he was going to be there so soon. But yes, the best. And but for some reason, and this I I it's hard for me to say like when I was in transition, I want to say it was probably when I was on the toilet, but then this was the moment where you know most women have where they are like, Can I do this? And so I had a brief moment like that where I felt his head, but I was like, What is this? Like, why does it feel so weird? Um and because it just, uh, you know how newborn's heads are so wrinkly um, that Mm -hmm. I was able to move the skin on his head. And I was like, what if it's, what if it's something else? (laughs) Like, what if it's, what if I'm not feeling his head? What if I'm feeling like, you know, just no rationality, just what if I'm feeling placenta? What if I, I don't know what I'm feeling. And so I asked my um, partner, I was like, can you look, can you see? And so I had to lean back in the pool and he pulled out his flashlight on his phone and um during one of the pushing contractions when uh his head was really close to crowning he um was looking and he's like no baby that's his head (laughs) I was like are you sure he's like it looks exactly like uh Dale's head did so yeah I'm pretty sure um and I hadn't even you know I at that point I didn't know what position he was in I was prepared for anything um whether he was going to be breech or whatever so um, I hadn't really, I don't know, uh, ahead of time you think about it, but then once I was in labor, I never, it was never on my mind, like how he was going to come out. It was just, he's obviously going to come out. <laughs> so, uh-huh. so yeah, that, that was so relieving <laughs> to, to know, okay, well it's his head and it's not anything weird, <laughs> weird, but, um, <laughs> so 
so yeah, so that then at that point, it was like, okay, this is really happening. And, you know, I, I am, it's about to happen. So I was able to relax. And um, I had initially thought I wanted my partner to catch the baby, but, and, and he wanted to too, but um, I told him if I was in a position to um, catch him that I, I would like to, since, you know, we only plan to have two kids. Like this is my opportunity to free birth. And this is my opportunity to catch my own baby. Like that's what I want to do. So he just, yeah, he just sat in the pool, just, you know, watching me and um, just being a comforting presence. And Leah was off to the side on the couch, just ready to give me a washcloth if I needed it or a sip of water if I needed it. And um, I remember um, I, I was feeling his head and I could feel that with a couple of contractions that he, it almost came out, but not quite. And, um, uh, they, they were talking about adding some more hot water to the pool. Cause my fiance was checking the temperature every so often. And, um, <laughs> I, I wanted, I wanted a video of the birth. And so this, this would be the video that you saw, um, that was about mm-hmm. to start. So I, um, I was feeling and she went to go get hot water and I told her, no, you need to come record because his head's going to be out the next one because I I could just, I could feel that all I needed was to like add a little bit of effort and then he he would, his head would come out. So I used my hand to, um, to guide his head and um, I stretched myself just a little bit um, because I was just, I was ready at that point. I was so excited to see him. And so she began to record and um, the wave hit and I, yeah, I, I stretched myself just a little bit and his head came out and, oh Aww. my gosh, the relief. And then, um, I, I knew from all of the research that I had done and listening to the podcast that, um, most of the time the baby will then, uh, turn, you know, for the shoulders to come out. And so... Uh, all of this was just not really thinking just that knowledge was at the back of my mind and intuitively I lifted a foot up just to make it easier um for him so one knee down and then one foot up and I I felt him turn and I felt everything (laughs) I felt his shoulders and like his whole body and his feet like inside like his feet like still up in my womb and I that sensation just wow (laughs) that sensation was a little too much for me at that time I was like I I even in the video I was like oh I I did not like how that felt so I was like oh why does he have to move (laughs) (laughs) and um so yeah, so he turned and um, then on the next wave, uh, he I pushed a little bit and he popped out and I caught him in the water and was so happy and <laughs> brought him up mm-hmm. out of the water. And I, I remember like looking at my video and remembering like I just the immediate change of emotion and energy in the room once he was out. Oh my goodness. Um, so yeah, he was immediately alert and responsive and I could, you know, he was making the tiniest little noises and I just used, yeah, I brought him to my chest and, um, used my mouth to try to suck out any fluid if he needed it. There wasn't really anything, but, um, 
Yeah. So I flipped him over on my arm and he let out his big cry. And it was, oh my gosh, it was amazing. And that was the first moment that I looked up at um, my partner and Leah um, to see that they both had tears in their eyes. And I said, I did it. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Um, Yeah. What a feeling. It's so amazing. Like if I could tell any woman every woman ever um who's gonna give birth like if you can if you can grab your own baby and bring them to your chest like you need to do that because there's nothing there's nothing like it and nothing to replace that feeling Mm. so yeah that was just that was to date the absolute best moment of my life um Uh so yeah, he was perfect. Oh, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, he was he was perfect. There was nothing, everything that everyone tells you that you need to worry about and look out for. There was nothing. There was nothing to do except just be and it it was just perfect. Everything went absolutely amazing. And yeah, so well, I, I just love stories like this because we have to put we have to put these stories out and the simplicity of these stories because even though what you did in in some respects is is incredibly courageous and and profoundly um important and intuitive you also just like stayed home and let a baby come out of your vagina right you know <laughs> we'll go like go both figure. at the same <laughs> yeah exactly and so the renormalization of um, of this, of just staying at home and letting a baby come out of your <laughs> vagina and having these kind of simple, beautifully simple, um, you know, stories out there. It totally counters the narrative yeah. that, you know, that women and babies are going to constantly be dying if if doctors aren't there to save us, which is just really, really, really actually factually untrue. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. And, and, and like, I had read like Ina May's Guide to Childbirth and stuff. So I knew like, I knew like that there are these things that women just instinctually do, but I never like told myself that, you know, I need to prepare to instinctually do these things that women do that, Mm -hmm. you know, I never told myself I needed to do that. But looking back on it like that, it, it, that is what just happens. The mother just knows what to do. The mother's going to catch her baby. The mother's going to bring her baby to her chest. She's going to kiss her baby. She's going to make sure her baby's breathing. Like no one needs to tell her to do all of that. And no one needs to take over any of that. Right. And and being, being in that experience and experiencing that for myself, it just really, really solidified that truth that the knowledge is within us and it's it's easy if you allow it to be. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah, exactly. That, that was just nothing can compare, and mm. it. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah. So beautiful. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, you're you're like I can hear the you're just like in it again. Yes. Just the absolute <laughs> magic of it. I love it. It's so contagious. Yes. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. And I know it will inspire many, many women to come. Yes. Yeah. Thank you for having me and, you know, providing the space for women to tell these stories because, you know, not a lot of people are interested in hearing. <laughs> I mean, well, mm-hmm. a, a lot of, I feel a lot of women are, but not a lot of, um, 
people who don't believe doctors. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> doctors and people who trust doctors don't don't really want to hear this. <laughs> yeah. Well, we know by the success of this podcast that lots of people do want to hear this. So yeah. <laughs> pretty pretty sweet. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate yes, it. Thank you. And that's it for today, my sisters. Check out everything we do, including one-on-one and group coaching, learn about our private membership, in-person retreats, and more on freebirthsociety.com. Our online courses are on freebirthsocietycourses.com, including our flagship course, The Complete Guide to Free Birth. Don't miss the Radical Birthkeeper School if you're ready to become the authentic midwife that women are searching for. Together we rise and the revolution starts inside each of us. Our opening song is by Shyla Ray. And now I'll leave you with our Free Birth Society theme song, Wild Woman by Aruba Red. I honor you for the wisdom you held, the ancient traditions of plant medicine and womb magic. I feel the spirit of the ancestors as I place my hands upon my belly. This sacred portal will be honored. Eons upon light beams of survival withstanding the eradication of our power by design. I will not allow the separation of our young to be forced upon me. My sisters will no longer birth in captivity. The picket line redefined from burning our wild women to paralyzing us and drugging our babes. Strapped down in a clinical white bed, drying up the milk from our breasts, keep your needles. My family will never again be doomed to chase those dragons or your poison. We reject your fear. We choose love. Everything with intention. Death, ascension. I will fly and bring her back from the start.